TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. What's good, my friends? This is the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are... The fan upstate rolling on until 7 o'clock p.m. today. Fantastic to have you guys with us. Joined right now by the most perfect guest for what is going on surrounding us in college football. Every single time I refresh the, um, the, the page, there's a different news. Alabama focusing on Kalen DeBoer. Um, Alabama negotiating with Kalen DeBoer. Now, DeBoer agrees to be next Bama coach. Washington's Kalen DeBoer, front page of ESPN.com, who guided the Huskies to a spot in the college football playoff national championship game this past season, has agreed to a deal to become the next head coach at Alabama, sources told ESPN's Pete Thamel today. Joining us right now to discuss this fast and furious week, Brent Beard, Heisman Trophy voter. Brent, your initial reaction to getting really the coach that has become the apple of everyone's eye. Apparently the guy that Michigan wanted if Harbaugh was to leave, right? But they don't have yeah. that information yet. Um, and for me, I never understood why Dan Lanning was the first guy in line here. Kalen DeBoer beat him twice and beat him twice with less resources, you know, with less blue chip players, with less NIL. Uh, Kalen DeBoer should have been the top guy the whole time. Maybe he was. Your initial reaction, who did Alabama get, Brent? Uh, Solid, hire, very good football coach. Has won on every level that he's ever been on. Now, Admittedly, there are no, at least what we know now, there are no SEC ties here, but and there may be more than we realize later on, but uh, if you can coach, you can coach, and he's proven that. I think the, some of the interesting things here, credit certainly to uh, Alabama in making this quick uh, with uh, Greg Byrne, uh, it was in some ways an out-of-the-box hire for Alabama, but Byrne has done this before, i.e. Nate Oates, the basketball coach, and I think we know how successful that he has been. And, and again, there's no guarantees here. But it is a solid hire. Major football people uh, 
follow um, really, I think, appreciate uh, who Kalen is and what he's done uh, on every level. I think the interesting thing now is going to be, I understand he meets with this team uh, later this afternoon. And people forget, being from Washington, you've got a time difference here. So things are just going to be later than they are. What I'm going to be intrigued in uh, is, number one, keeping the roster intact. And number two, his offensive coordinator, Grubb, is a guy that Nick Saban tried to hire last year for about $2 million, by the way, as an offensive coordinator. Now, he may be he may repl- be the replacement. We don't know that yet. Uh, but I'll throw this little trinket out that I, that I dug up just for you is uh, the, uh, their uh, director of, I believe it was player development, his last name, McElwain. Yes, that, that is the son of the former Florida football coach. Brent, we saw the video. You may have seen it as well. Fans chanting anyone but Dabo outside of the stadium. We're hearing about fans who are upset that it's Kalen DeBoer, a guy who's won a frog's hair shy of 90% of his games as head coach. If it had been Deion Sanders, they would be mad because he doesn't have enough experience. Does it all come down to the lack of SEC ties and who outside of Kirby Smart would have actually made this fan base happy? Well, that that's hard to say. I mean, I saw I, I was disappointed, frankly, in the, uh, uh, the 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 reaction of Dabo, and I don't I don't even know what that was about. That that was basically that that may have been students who had nothing better to do uh, than to just come outside and uh, somebody whip them up into a frenzy. I just don't get that at all. Look, there are a lot of I, I can tell you this: there are a lot of Alabama people who would have welcomed Dabo uh, back to Tuscaloosa. Uh, it didn't happen. Uh, but and, and that's a really good point. I mean, look, when you've had the greatest coach there's ever been, uh, it, it, you're not going to find a, the same guy, or at least you're not going to find the same guy immediately. So, I mean, the, the names looked at. I, I, it, there was some talk about the Miko Ryans of the Texans, but I don't think you're going to leave a, a successful, at least in his first year, uh, NFL job when you're in the playoffs. Now, I could see them looking at Ryans a few years down the road. Um, Elaine Kiffin certainly is what was mentioned. Uh, they they did have a lot of liking about Lanning. I'm not saying they actually offered him the job, but that was one of the guys that they looked at. So uh, besides Greg Byrne right now, happiest person probably in the nation is super agent Jimmy Sexton, <laughs> who is the agent for Nick Saban and also Kellen DeBoer, <laughs> too. Uh, so uh, I think I, I think uh, Jimmy had a pretty good week. Would you say so? No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Brent, to what degree did you get the sense that the direction of college football is responsible for Nick Saban stepping aside? Well, that's certainly some of it. Now, he pretty well has said there are no health issues. 
and it wasn't uh, in any I, I can't help but think that NIL and the portal had something to do with it. I'm not saying it had a lot to do with it. And Saban said himself, I, I don't want to blame it on that. But I think a lot of what's going on, Mark, is what happened to um, Bobby Bowden and Coach Paul Bear Bryant is they both basically stayed a year or two to, uh, too long. And the other problem that Saban was having was he was having difficulty hiring staff because the staff that he was calling were basically telling him, Coach, uh, love you, we'll love to be there. But the problem is I know you're only going to be there another year or two, maybe three at the most, and I just need more stability than that in my life. So don't don't think for a minute that that was not going on. Uh, And I think that crystallized for him. See, the day he uh, retired, he was on the uh, SEC coaches teleconference that morning, and he he was literally calling coaches the rest of the day before he stepped into that 4 o'clock meeting with the players. And he even admitted five minutes before the meeting that he really wasn't sure which way he was going. So something obviously really, I think, came into formation for him uh, during that time uh, that that led to him going. So it was was stunning. Uh, It wasn't as shall we say, early as, as, or premature as people thought Bob Stoops was. But, and it's going to be fascinating to see what Saban's going to be doing uh, over the next few years. And my my understanding is uh, he also had a hand in this hire today, too, um, and he's going to be involved with, with the university to some extent, yes. Brent, the first two years of the expanded 12-team playoff is set to be the 6-plus-6 six six format. Now, there's a push to adjust that and change it to a 5-plus-7 format. Uh, obviously, this is because the Pac-12 is no more. My understanding, and you can tell me if I'm wrong here, is that the decision to make the change has to be unanimous. So in your yeah. mind, will the group of five commissioners capitulate to maintain some semblance of access, or do you believe that they'll stand strong and try to force the six plus six? Uh, that, that's a really good question that n- none of us have an answer to right now, but you're right. My understanding is that that is supposed to be unanimous. Now, what you also hear a little bit of is, and, and I don't know how quick this can be. I can't see it being very quick, but that the pack two, can we say that? Uh, uh, that there may be some kind of additions at some point over the next few years. And the and I don't mean a 14-team conference type thing, but uh, at least some kind of, um, I won't even say it's a mini-conference, it would be whatever conference and how many of the length of teams that you would need in order to have a, to have a conference and that there may be some kind of a, a bit of a resurrection coming up but that, that would probably be, at this point, years down the line. So I thought they would make some kind of decision. They, they, they met on the day of the national championship game, 
And basically what came of that was we're going to look at it further. We're not going to take a vote uh, at this time. But but I would have thought that, that they would have gone with um, instead of the six and six and five and the five and seven. But at this point, uh, we will see. Brent Beer joining us here on the show, Heisman Trophy voter. Brent, can you give me five teams that you are most confident will be among the 12 in the college football playoff next season? I uh, shared with my audience, Brent, that, you know, you remember the complaint five years ago was that it's Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson every year? Yeah. College football yeah. did a great job solving its own problem with that. And now you look at the two teams, Michigan and Washington, in the national championship game. Uh, no chance Washington is back. Very little chance without uh, without Jim Harbaugh that they're back in the national championship game. Problem seems to have solved itself, but but who would you say are you most confident with for the five? Well, it's interesting you bring up Michigan. I talked to a Michigan media person about this about this last night and and posed the question. I said, what's Harbaugh going to do? And he said, well, Har- Harbaugh is just a strange duck, as we know, and uh, he's got, no doubt, a lot of interest from these seven openings from uh, the NFL. Um, but say, uh, he also said in the same breath that there's a chance Harbaugh is coming back, signing a big deal, and if Harbaugh comes back, a decent amount of this team uh, is leaving. I mean, sorry, is going to stay. So that that would certainly be interesting. I, I would. I mean, I mean, I think Georgia. I think Georgia, Bama. I'm going to say Ohio State. I'm going to say FSU. And I, I, right now, uh, I would throw Ole Miss in there. I, I think there's a lot of excitement uh, about where they could go. Uh, in this, um, and if I misnumbered, let me know. But but um, uh, I, I don't like Southern Cal because they just don't have a defense um, either. And uh, I'm just wondering, it, it, Quinn Years is coming back. I'll throw Texas in there too. And again, that's um, and and uh, you know, I really want to kind of put Clemson in there, but. And I know I'm I'm going beyond what you asked me to, uh, but you kind of see you kind of see the dilemma here right now as we look at next year. Brent uh, Shane Beamer makes it through what calendar year as head coach of South Carolina? I, I, I still think Diesel that he got some equity. Now a lot of that may be gone, but I think he got some equity early on from beating his rivals. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give him probably I, I don't I I would say he would he would I mean obviously he's gonna get this year and I would say that'd be 24 I think I think if, if they are able to get to a bowl game that would be 25 I I, I would say probably at this point with the equity got early on. Um, 26 or 27. Wow. That's, I mean, that's a long rope. That's a, that's a long rope. Diesel said yesterday he doesn't think Beamer gets to 25. So, uh, yeah. so that's, and he may not. Yeah. It's, that's, that's something else. So piggybacking on that, Brent, um, 
Is it Billy Napier that enters 2024 with the hottest seat in the SEC? If not Billy, then whom? Uh, it's got to be, uh, frankly. Now, look, I give them some credit. They, they've had a good week. Uh, now, they've got some guys uh, like from Tulane. They've got some guys looking at there from Liberty. And one of the interesting dialogues we've had here among Florida fans is they don't like that. These are small teams. I told them you can't go with that because you're getting some good players from teams that you may not know that much about, but they're still good players. But with all that said, uh, Mark, there's no question. Uh, I mean, it. it uh, he certainly is going to get uh, this coming year. But after that, there are really just no guarantees. I've heard a little bit about that he will have four years. I'm not sure I agree with that. I, I, I think at this conversation today, too, I think he's got to be, geez, um, I, I think they've got to be seven and five or eight and four um, in order for that to happen. And you know what the schedule looks like. It's brutal. But, but, but look, here, here's the thing with this. And, and we all understand what I'm saying here. If you're a fan of a team, and at the end of end of the year, and this is not qualifying anything, but, but, but you'll get it. If your team looks like they've made improvement and they look better, that's going to help him tremendously. Now, I still think that he is – a lot of this is going to be the, due to the success of can he of, – of what a special teams coordinator could do, what an offensive coordinator can do. Those are things that he really needs, but – but yes, to answer your question, uh, I, I would I would say uh, he and Sam Pittman in Arkansas uh, would be the hottest seats going into next year. Yes, Brent Beer joining us here on Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel. We are the fan upstate. Brent, great stuff as always, my friends. Really appreciate catching up with you. Uh, last thing before we let you go, Brent, Mike Norvell. How close did that get in terms of your understanding, or was DeBoer always number one? Uh, I think he was always number one. Well, well, well I'll, put the, I'll put it this way. I think he was either one or two, uh, frankly. Uh, now, obviously, Lanning was in there, but again, as I said, did they actually make an offer? That, that we, we may never know that uh, at this point. Now, Norvell, uh, I, I certainly think they had conversation now, did that conversation lead to uh, uh, an offer? We don't know that either. I mean, obviously, Mike did real well and came out real well with that. Uh, and and it, was a, it was a good day for them. Yesterday wasn't a good day with the, uh, uh, the, N- the NCAA sanctions because of uh, the, uh, uh, the, the portal and NIL situation. Uh, and obviously, folks haven't heard, he signed it. Or, or he's been given a deal for 10 mil per year, so he's earned the capital, and he deserved it. They won a the, the, they won a conference championship, and arguably should have been in the playoffs. Uh, but I mean, he uh, Diesel and Mark, he was in the conversation, but I'm not. I, I don't know if they really got to the uh, uh, here's an offer part. Have you ever, Brent, in your life, uh, and this is this is a rhetorical question, but have you ever in your life more felt like 
there is no offseason to college football, more so than now. I mean, we're supposed to be done, you know? This is supposed to be rest time, Brent. I mean, this is this has been the craziest week in in uh, in our history. It really has. It, it, it's been, it's uh, been yes. crazy. It's been crazy. Brent, have an awesome weekend, my friend. We appreciate you so much. You too, Mark. Diesel, thanks, guys. All right, take care. Brent Beard, Heisman Trophy voter. He's covered Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta? He's covered Alabama his entire life with a scoop on the move for one Kalen DeBoer heading to Alabama. How do you guys feel about that? Your reaction, welcome as well. 71307 on the text line. Up next, the NFL playoff matchups coming up this weekend. We will size them up on the sizzle scale from most to least compelling. And that's next here on Offsides. We are the Fan Upstate. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my word. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device. Credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. It's offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel. We are the fan upstate. Guess what happens at 445, 20 minutes from right now. We're joined by Grant in Five Forks, who has won the right by virtue of having the closest score to the actual score in the national championship game. He had Michigan beating Washington 34-20, actual score 34-13. Had the exact score of the winning team, and when you consider how close Washington got to scoring one more tutty, the fact that he was oh so close to having the exact score blew us away, gave him the win. Uh, we challenged you guys with that earlier this week. Grant and Five Forks will have the mic at 445 today. Super excited about that. Congratulations, Grant. And we look forward to hearing what you have for the people in the upstate. You know, I, I'd be lying to you if I didn't say – Every time this happens, I'm just a wee bit concerned that someone is going to take my job. Somebody's going to take the job here. Don't want to see it. Don't want to go through it. 
But uh, we offer the platform to you guys anyway. Uh, We always want to do, guys, unique things for you that you don't hear anywhere else, that you don't get anywhere else. And I think that little ditty is, um, that's part of it. You know, that's part of it. Like, remove the curtain. No red tape. Clemson does a good job of that, don't you think? You know, like, I've, I've never seen a football program in my life that had a total lack of red tape, lines that you can't cross. The president of the university mingles among the students. The head coach, the players, fans are on the field with them. They're chatting with the fans after the game. Guys, that, that doesn't exist other places. doesn't exist at the University of Florida. doesn't exist. You know, at, at the University of Florida, you pay 120 bucks to go see Florida play like Akron, and you can't get anywhere close to the field. At Clemson, you pay 20 bucks to go see Clemson play Akron, and you're on the field with the players after the game. No red tape, right? No line between the players and you. We try to do the same thing on offsides, right? No, no line. Let you behind the curtain, show you how it is, how we do what we do every single day to the best of our ability. Grant and Five Forks earned it. Joe D earned his prize. Uh, e Thoughty earned his prize. Dan B earned his prize as our first, second, and third place winners in the upset pick challenge as well. So, my friends, what do you say we give you, we hit you with a little sizzle scale for the upcoming games in the NFL playoffs this weekend? Sizzle scale style, okay? One through ten on the sizzle scale. How much are each of these matchups sizzling for you? So what I thought I would do, is I would start from scale of 1 to 10, least sizzling matchup, to most sizzling matchup. How do you feel about that? Good idea? Bad idea? Too late now. Here we go. Here we go. So, um, Dallas, uh, let's see here. Philadelphia, Tampa Bay up first. Sizzle scale for me on this one is a 2. Scale of 1 to 10. I think everybody knows that there is not a Super Bowl contender playing in this game. I think everybody knows that this is very likely to be the last game that either of these two teams wins for the year. Philadelphia is favored by three points in this game. I do like Philadelphia to win. I do think that the the one good thing about this game is it could be competitive. Uh, The Football Power Index from ESPN says Philadelphia is a 57.3% chance to win. So what you could have is a competitive game, but you don't have the elements. You don't have the weather. You don't have true contenders. Um, it, It just it feels like in the playoffs this year, this feels like a little bit the battle of mid. And I can't believe I'm saying that about Philadelphia. Next up on the sizzle scale. Uh, the fifth most interesting game of the weekend. Buffalo against Pittsburgh for me. Sizzle score, 1 through 10. I am putting putting it down as a 3. 3 sizzle scale, 1 through 10. Am I right or am I right or am I right? Right, right, right. Um, Why? Well, I think it's the most lopsided playoff matchup we have. Buffalo, for much of the week, had a double-digit spread for a playoff game. 
Now the spread on this game is listed as nine and a half points. And it's somewhat surprising when you consider that there's only one game separating these teams in the standings, right? 11 and six for Buffalo, 10 and seven for Pittsburgh. But you just don't feel like the Steelers have the horsepower to contend in this game, do you? You know, it's like, how are they going to get to the 20 or the 28 points that they're going to need to win this game? Uh, The football power index says that Buffalo is a 76.6% chance to win in this game. Uh, I just don't think it's competitive. I think this is beatdown central. And I think this is one of those games that you're going to be turning off. This game is going to turn you off, my friends. It is not going to turn you on. Mason Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, is not going to have uh, have much for Josh Allen and company in Buffalo. One thing they can do, they're, they're used to the weather. You know, the weather is not going to affect them the way it would affect some other teams. But uh, I just don't. I, I just I don't see this as being an overly competitive game. What do you guys come out? Agree or disagree on the sizzle scale? Am I right to say this game is second to last? What do you say we move up on the sizzle scale? So Philadelphia, Tampa Bay was a two. Buffalo, Pittsburgh, scale of one to ten. Sizzle, a three. Number four, game number four, Cleveland against Houston. I give this game a sizzle score of six and a half. Six and a half on the sizzle meter. It's good, right? It's good, pretty solid. Um, I, I think this is an unbelievable weekend of games for the NFL. Like, I can't believe some of the storylines that fell into their lap. Houston from out of the playoffs, less than 50-50 shot to make it a week ago. Now not only in, but division winner. A spread that opened with Cleveland favored by three is now Cleveland by just a point and a half. And we're really anxious to see whether the league's best defense can go to Houston and will that that offense travel against one of the most hot quarterbacks, one of the best rookie seasons we've ever seen. And then you have the level of competitiveness that we're supposed to see in this game. How close is this game supposed to be? Well, how about this? The football power index says Cleveland 50.5% chance to win. Houston 49.5% chance to win. Imagine the joy for a moment that Houston Texans fans are feeling. Season begins in September. No chance to do anything this year. Makes the playoffs wins the division, you got almost a 50-50 shot to advance from 14 all the way down to the final eight. If you're a Texans fan, you're saying, man, why not us? Why not now? I think there's a lot of reasons why this game, for me anyway, is quite compelling. On to game number three on the sizzle scale. Uh, We've had a two, a three, and a six and a half thus far on the sizzle scale. This one for me is a seven. Detroit and the Los Angeles Rams. Oh, man. You remember that two-point conversion? The ref screwed over the Lions against the Cowboys. Remember that? That resulted in Detroit getting perhaps one of the most difficult draws in the NFL for the postseason. The uh, L.A. Rams at one point 
were three and six. They finished 10 and seven. The Rams won seven of their final eight games. Seven of their last eight games. Rams won. And so not only that, but then you've got Matt Stafford returning to Detroit. You know, played there forever, didn't accomplish much. Now Detroit is suddenly solid, suddenly good. Um, to me, this game, there's a lot to be excited about in this one. There's, there's, And the outcome is totally up in the air. The outcome is in doubt. Detroit now, the line is down to minus three. Favored by just three points in this game. Um, and you've got a football power index saying the Lions 53.9% chance to win versus the Rams 46.1%. Guys, it's a hell of a game, man. I mean, this is a hell of a game. Old versus new. Hall of Famer potentially from your team. What, what do you guys think? Do you think uh, Matt Stafford makes the Hall of Fame? I think this is incredible. Like, I think this is going to be an incredible game leaning Detroit right now. Leaning Detroit, but anybody's guess. Anybody's guess as to what happens here. Seven out of eight. Rams were three and six. And consider where they are today. All right. So we got two more games left on the sizzle scale. One to ten score. Kansas City, Miami, I have as an 8.5 on the sizzle scale. 8.5. Why? Have you guys heard about the conditions for this game? I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm only half joking when I say this. Miami may not get out of here alive. May not get out of here alive. Have you guys seen this, heard about this? What's, what's going on today with this game? And people have called me stupid in the past for saying every NFL stadium needs the ability to close the roof. Andy Slater, check this out, Diesel, says Kansas City will have extremely dangerous temps on Saturday night. Cover all extremities, including your head and face, the National Weather Service says. Dolphins Chiefs kickoff in Kansas City. You want to guess, Diesel? Temperature? Yeah, what's the temperature? The actual temperature, I'm going to say it's 8, and it's going to feel like 2. The actual temperature is minus one. It's going to feel like (laughs) minus 23. And people say that I'm stupid when I say that every stadium in the NFL needs a closable roof. But Diesel, like, okay, for me, you don't think I'm going to be entertained by that? No, it's going to be terrible. You're going to watch it for two seconds and be like, oh, man, that weather sucks. (laughs) It's nice to be here drinking a cup of cocoa while this is on. Oh, I am. And and then the game's going to start. You're going to say, I can't see anything. I'm out. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think I'm going to marvel. I think I'm going to enjoy watching millionaires have to brave that environment. You know, extremely dangerous temperatures. And, again, I'd remind you that Gamecock fans do not show up when it's 50 degrees and raining. Okay? Do you think the Kansas City Chiefs fans will show up better than you in negative degrees? Negative temperatures. We need to go back and find that game, the game that we were making fun of them for not showing up to when it was Florida. Uh, it was Florida. Yeah, it was 53 degrees and raining. Because I remember the rhyme we wrote, forever to thee, unless the temperature is below 53. <laughs> and we need to compare the number of fans who show up to this Kansas City game to that game. 
We do. We most certainly do. And so that sizzle score is an eight and a half. Um, I think Miami just might be too too beat up to compete in this game. I think that might be what's going on. Kansas City's favored by four. Ton of injuries. Raheem Mosert, Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill. All these guys are banged up, and then you're throwing them in this kind of temperature. But the ESPN Football Power Index says Chiefs just a 52.6% chance to win. And then tops on the sizzle meter. Dallas against Green Bay. Sizzle score of a nine. Nine sizzle score. Uh, Why? Well, for starters, you've got the two biggest brands in the NFL. Two of the biggest brands in the NFL. The rating for this is going to be insane. Two of the most massive fan bases. But then you have this. Similar to the L.A. Rams, who have just been on fire uh, the second half of the season, so too have the Green Bay Packers. Um, And, you know, you look at this team, you see the spread, Dallas minus seven. You consider what Green Bay has been through this year. You guys realize that at one point this year, Green Bay was two and five. A two and five team is in the playoffs. They were two and five. They were three and six. They finished the year seven and three. Okay, so this is a team that flipped a switch that is playing much, much better. Uh, The ESPN Football Power Index says that the Cowboys right now have a 73.6% chance of winning this game, but, aha, aha, you have the historic choking that the Cowboys always do. Have they graduated past that? Are they willing to take the next step? Because you know as well as I do, uh, if that's a close game in the third quarter, there's going to be some really tight sphincters in Dallas. You know, my old partner, Booger McFarland, once said uh, Peyton Manning was so tight in the playoffs you couldn't fit a pin in his ass with a hammer. You wonder if some of that's going to be experienced in Dallas on Sunday. All right. I am no longer the host of this show. Grant and Five Forks is. When we come back here on Offsides, we are the Fan Up State. Offsides. This is Offsides with Mark Ryan. Uh, Ryan? This feels weird. Hit the button. This is Offsides with a special guest, Grant in Five Forks. Just the way I like it. This is the Fan Upstate. Hello, Upstate. My name is Grant, and I'm very happy to be with you guys today. Um, I know a little bit earlier Mark was talking about what the best-case scenario for the college football playoff would be. Well, that's kind of what I'm going to talk about today. But let me preface this by saying, Mark, you're not going to like this college football take. So, ladies and gentlemen, since I won a contest pertaining to college football, I think it's only appropriate that we talk more about that sport today. It's been about four days since Michigan claimed their second national title since 1948. Yeah, that's right. They're second since 1948 because no one in their right mind outside of the state of Michigan thinks the 97 team would have beaten Nebraska. But anyway, I digress. 
I think we can all agree that college football has undergone some pretty significant changes over the last few years with the addition of NIL and the transfer portal. But I'm going to tell you today that this is just a drop in the bucket for what's to come. The era of the Power Five football conferences is coming to an end. This has been in the works for quite some time, but the Florida State lawsuit against the ACC is going to exacerbate this change. College football will move to a Power Two conference format, with the Big Ten and the SEC leading the way. Long gone will be the regional rivalries. Long gone will be the conference rivalries. And we will even say goodbye to the conference championships. College football is going to move to a very similar model to that of the NFL, with two conferences similar to the AFC and the NFC. It'll move away from the NCAA, become an independent football league, and be funded in part by the NFL and the major television networks. All right, so who's in? Okay, so going back to 1985, almost 40 years ago, only 20 teams have won a national title. Furthermore, only 12 teams have won two or more national titles. Of the teams that have won those titles over the last almost 40 years, the ACC has only had three champions, Florida State, Miami, and Clemson. Every other school has won a national title during this time span is already a member of either the SEC or the Big Ten. Currently, there are 133 FBS schools, which means that only 15% of those schools have won a national title. Teams like Iowa State, Kansas, Utah State have no chance at winning a championship under the current format. So why not create a new conference for the second-tier teams and let them compete for a crown? It's my opinion that within the next four to six years, we will see the power two break away. And I also believe that there's going to be about 48 teams in this new league with 24 in the Big Ten and 24 in the SEC. So what about Clemson? Well, I believe the lawsuit FSU filed will be the first shoe to drop and that Florida State will be cleared to join the Big Ten as early as 2025. Then Clemson, Miami, and North Carolina will be Big Ten bound shortly thereafter. And then the SEC will take some of the ACC leftovers, probably both the Virginia teams, North Carolina State, and maybe Louisville. Also keep in mind that some of these current teams that are in the Big Ten and the SEC are not going to make it to this new Power 2 format. Now, I have no idea if this will come to fruition, but I do know that college football is setting record viewership numbers and bringing in record profits. And in the world of the haves and the have-nots, the haves need to break away from the NCAA and fulfill the true potential of major college football. And guys, I know you're, the last guest was talking about Nick Saban as well and how you know this is the time he retired. Well, I have no doubt that Nick Saban saw the writing on the wall and, his, and he has no desire to continue to coach in the new college football landscape. So Mark, Diesel, what do you think? Do you think my foresight has any chance of becoming reality? Well, here's what I think. That's what I think. Outstanding. That's what I think. That's what, that's what I think, man. That, that is the best one of these we've ever had. Granted, <laughs> five forks. He actually does give five forks uh, with, with, the, with the takes that he has today. Grant, absolutely outstanding job. Uh, Grant, you're right. I don't like it. But somewhat, it, like, I upset the Gamecock fans and the, and the Florida fans when I said this. But I said, look, man, you know, like everyone's saying the group of five can't compete. What about schools like Florida and South Carolina? They're not competing either. Are we now rapidly approaching a, a time frame 
where Florida and South Carolina and those mid-level teams are going to need their own trophy too? So we got a trophy for the big dogs, a trophy for Florida and South Carolina, and a trophy for the group of five because no one can compete with the Alabamas of the world anymore? I don't think so, guys. You know, it all comes down to money. And with the new NIL collectives and these schools raising more money than what they ever had, teams like Florida and South Carolina can compete. They can. Florida has proven it in the past. They've won national titles. You know, they, those guys, they, they absolutely can compete if they get their house in order. So I, I don't think so. And I absolutely think uh, Florida and South Carolina are going to be part of this new Power 2 conferences. But teams like Vanderbilt, Northwestern, along those lines, they have no shot. And I don't think that they're going to be around for the new Power 2. Well, Grant, when you said that there were teams who weren't going to be around for it, we all knew that you met, you met Vanderbilt. Um, the question becomes, and you said it yourself, it's all about money. How many years worth of media payouts do you think the Big Ten and the SEC would have to pay the Vanderbilts and the Northwesterns to go away? You can't just boot them to the curb or they'll sue you for a ton of revenue lost. How much do you have to offer them? Is it five years worth of media payout? Is it 10 years worth of media payout? And then you're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars just to go away. That's what makes booting anyone out of a conference such a sticky proposition. It's easy to add. It's It's hard to send people packing. You're absolutely right. But one thing that I believe is is really going to happen is that the NFL is going to get involved in this new model. And we all know the NFL prints money. So whether it is $100 million or $200 million over the course of 10 or 15 years, honestly, it's a drop in the bucket compared to what these new television contracts are going to offer these schools. And you know what? The Vanderbilts and the Northwesterns of the world probably won't like it, but they'll take the money and they'll move on and they'll be able to compete in that second tier level and maybe even win a championship for their school, which they have absolutely no chance to do in this new Power 2 model. Grant in Five Forks, best one of these we've ever done. I'm going to be honest with you. We had some a few years ago that were so bad that Diesel and I discussed not doing them anymore. Like my boss said to me, hey, man, maybe. I said, no, no, no. There's some really good dudes out there that are going to slay this. And so, like, every time we do this, Grant, I'm sticking my neck out a little bit because my boss doesn't like bad programming. Diesel doesn't like bad programming. Brother, you've got it. You've got the it factor. What a job well done, sir, by you. And thank you, too, for making it a good decision by me to keep doing this. You made me look good, Grant. Your awesome performance made me look good. Great job, brother. We absolutely would not hesitate to have you win one of these again. Hey, well, guys, thank you so much. And the last thing I'll say is, you know, in 2024, do hard things. That's it. Do hard things. Can you elaborate on that just a little bit? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, You know, you can never grow in comfort. You have to do hard things. And I I tell you, I was very nervous to come on here and do this, but that was my New Year's resolution this year to do hard things. And uh, I was just very thankful that I was able to win the contest and uh, be able to, uh, to do this today. I am so damn proud of you. You slayed the beast, brother. Slay the beast. (laughs) 
You absolutely slayed it. We are proud of you, brother, and we're honored to have you as an offsider. Thanks so much for making us part of your afternoon, and hi to the fam for me, and have a great weekend, okay? Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. You got it. All right. Grant and Five Forks. Woo! Well. It's, a, it's a tight race between Grant and Five Forks and Mongo. Yeah. For the, best, for the best guest host Whoa, we've ever had. That's the best. We've I had mean, that some was... that get deer in the headlights look. And Grant, man, you crushed it. You did a fantastic job. I'm going to tell you a funny story about a guy I put on the air for the first time. Okay, when we come back and we got the top five at five to share with you next as well. Here on Offsides, we are the Fan Upstate. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Got clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. It's better After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.